When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group. Your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another big edition of The First Serve. It is your home of tennis um, each Monday night right across the uh, SEN network. Uh, Predictably unpredictable, uh, the tours. We'll cover that off uh, very, very soon. Tonight, we'll tell you all about Between the White Lines. And Matt Ebden is going to be our special guest. He's been... Running hot, Matt Ebden. Did some great commentary with SEN uh, right throughout uh, January. He's going to join us live from Dubai in the next uh, 20 minutes or so. This hour is always open to you. Brett Phillips with you for another week, but give us a call, one 736 736 or on the Tennis Direct text tonight, 0433981116, Australia's favourite online tennis store, fast delivery, Great prices. They've got free delivery on orders over $150. So just go to their website, looking after all first serve listeners, tennisdirect.com.au, and you can get a 10% discount uh, store wide. 1300 736 736. We'd love your tennis calls tonight. Plenty of great prizes to give away, as always. So I've got the Sunbless sunscreen. Uh, which uh, we love having on board, their first serve tennis sunscreen, uh, going gangbusters at the moment. You can order yours at sunblessunscreens.com.au using that discount code SEN. Got the Athletic and Sneakers, got copies of Daphne Akers' book, The Woman Behind the Trophy. So get involved with us tonight, one 736 736 and uh, you can be in the running for some uh, fantastic uh, prizes. But I reckon, first of all, we head to the winner's list that the week that has just passed on tour. A moment of triumph for Garbina Muguruza. It's been a long journey back to a title, but she has come through it superbly well under intense pressure. So much pressure put on herself, no doubt, by the situation. She was favoured to win this, but she had to work very hard against Barbora Kachikova. The Czechs had a great debut week but ultimately outplayed, outthought in the end by the Spaniard. And Muguruza wins her eighth career title, her first since 2019. She is the champion in Dubai. He's done it. Yeah, He's only gone and done it from nowhere, from absolutely nowhere. Nicholas Baslashvili is a winner on the ATP Tour again for first round or first matches he's lost this year in a row coming in nine first rounds or first matches he had lost in a row last year at the end of the year the most ridiculously poor record and yet here he is rocking up to Doha 
and walking off with the title. And there is the victory and she falls to her knees with delight, overcome with emotion. At the age of 24, Sara Salives Toromo wins her first ever event on the WTA Tour. She defeats Jenny Bouchard in straight sets and her smile lights up the centre court in Zapopan, Guadalajara and Mexico salutes the newest winner on the WTA Tour. There it is, it's all over, and Medvedev is champion in Marseille for the first time, but boy oh boy, was he pushed hard. A really high quality match, brilliant play from Herbert with the serve volley, and Medvedev has had to dig deep here to come through. It's his 10th tour title, his first in Marseille. He has got the one he really wanted. A fifth title of his career, but crucially, Christian Garin is a champion on home soil. Fagundo Bagnus gave everything in his first ATP final, but it's the son of Santiago who takes the title in Santiago. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, what a week it's been on tour across the men and the women. As a few winners where there was no commentary in the last week that we'll tell you about, particularly from an Australian point of view. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Anything you want to put on the tennis agenda, uh, you can uh, fire that through tonight. Also on the uh, Tennis Direct text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Let's recap for you. Let's start in Doha. Obviously, seven days ago we were talking about the return of Roger Federer. We couldn't wait. So we got two samples of Roger. We got a win over Dan Evans. So he's undefeated against Dan, who loves to slice and chip and lots of spins. Then he takes on, as we heard in the highlights there, Nikolos Bajalashvili of Georgia, who's had a, a pretty horrendous 12 months, hardly winning a match on the tennis court. And also he was charged with assaulting his ex-wife. So he's been through a lot. Uh, but he has this ability, Bajalashvili, to step up at these big tournaments and win them. So he got through overnight. His fourth ATP title. He beat Milman, Jaziri, Federer, Fritz and Bautista Agut to get through. 42 to 36, he's jumped up in the rankings. Saved a match point to beat Roger Federer. So we'll hear from the winner in just a moment. But a little, uh, little pricey on Roger. I'd love your thoughts. I mean, it was just great to have him back. I think what we saw, I mean, he's very old-fashioned, uh, Roger. No taping on the knee, no brace. I think he's never had an ice bath in his life, or maybe had one. His movement was pretty good, uh, to be totally honest. Uh, hit that running forehand well. He got to the net well. He hit the overhead smash pretty well. So he was stretched, certainly by Evans, with a different type of ball. And then probably a little bit of fatigue setting against Bajalashvili down the stretch of that match, who hits a, a much heavier ball than Dan Evans. Uh, felt a bit of soreness in that uh, left shoulder, but 25 aces combined Federer across his two matches. Didn't throw in a double fault. Has decided to skip Dubai this week. He'd already ruled himself out from Miami. Obviously, the shoulder uh, is one thing he pointed to as a little bit of a concern that he wanted to rest. So he'll come back in the clay court season, Roger. Maybe Madrid is where we'll see him next. The clay a little kinder on the body, but all gearing up for the grass. Halle. Wimbledon, two tournaments that he's absolutely dominated. So it's a shame we don't get to see Roger every single week, but at 39, you've got to pick your mark. 
when to peak and when to have the best uh, impact. And the first time we'd seen him in 405 days, I think there were plenty of positives to take out of last week for Roger Federer. But let's have a listen to the winner, Nikolaj Bajalashvili of Georgia, getting through overnight. Coming into Doha, you hadn't won a match since week one of the season. When you got off that flight at Hamad International, did you imagine you'd be standing here tonight as our 2021 champion? Definitely not. Uh, I'm super, super happy. Uh, I had zero expectations for sure to win tournament and uh, I'm extremely happy. Um, I would like to first congratulate Roberto for finals. Very tough conditions today, so I think it could go both ways. I'd like to thank uh, State of Qatar for a great tournament to be able to manage to put spectators here. It's uh, such a joy and privilege to play and uh, I hope that uh, soon uh, we can continue to play with the spectators for the rest of the season. Uh, it's one of my favorite tournaments as well, like Roberto, so always happy to come back here and play. And uh, yeah, super happy. My girlfriend slash coach slash sparring partner. Um, I would like to as well uh, thank to my Milos, to my physio. I would like to thank uh, Jan, my former coach back, back in Germany. I would like to thank my fitness coach, Chris. Uh, indeed, there was plenty of thank yous in the aftermatch for uh, Nikolaj Bajalashvili, who uh, climbs back up to 36. We know he has been uh, inside the uh, top 20 uh, going back of course, uh, three or four years ago now. So a couple of the other takeaways. Uh, Chris O'Connell did qualify but lost to Pospisil in the first round. More on Chris uh, shortly. Uh, Martin Fuchevic, who won in Rotterdam the week before, uh, having a, a terrific uh, little period, uh, lower back, and he was forced to pull out of his match with Rublev. How about Andre Rublev, who arrived after winning Rotterdam, had a buy in the first round. Gasquet uh, pulls out of his second round match, and then Fuchevic pulled out of the quarterfinals. So he went through to the semifinals, uh, Andre, with uh, no matches in singles, lost to Bautista Agut, who got through to the finals. So we, we you know, we almost were expecting Andre Rublev to start winning every week now, but that's uh, not the way it goes on the uh, ATP Tour. So Bautista Agut, pretty disappointed with that. Nine and nine in finals now. Uh, won Doha back in uh, 2019. And remember the giant killer from the Australian Open? The great Russian... Aslan Karatsev, well, he and Rublev did team up to win uh, the doubles in that particular tournament. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, officially the world number two. The pecking order is changing. No raffer at the moment. We know he's not playing. So that opened up the door for Medvedev. He didn't need to win the title to be world number two overnight, but he officially has just made the rankings look very, very interesting. Tenth ATP title. 13 aces, he was on court for over two hours. The first player outside the big four to occupy the number two spot since our very own Leighton Hewitt in July of 2005. So it's been a long time coming. Six of his 10 titles, Medvedev, have been indoor on hard courts. We'll get on to Matt Ebden. We're going to speak to Matt very shortly. He was the other story of the week. Uh, but he was too good for Pierre Gilbert, the great Frenchman that he is. We love him. He's got the reverse McEnroe serve, and he's just refreshing. He gets in and he serves, he volleys, he threw everything possible. The total contrasting game style to Medvedev, who loves to control that baseline. But Daniil, he's always up for a good chat, and he was earlier this morning when he won. Daniil, congratulations. It was a great match uh, from your part, but uh, Pierre-Hugues played also a great final. Yeah, it was a really tight match. Um... 
First set, I felt like I had more opportunities. Second set, really tight. Uh, I had one break point in the first game. Then he was actually better player than me in the set. Tie break, I uh, was really close to, to getting an advantage. He made some great points. So it was a really tight tennis match uh, and uh, just uh, decided in the last game where I got a bit lucky and made some returns in the court. He was a bit tight and that's, that's tennis actually. You had to stay focused all the time because uh, each point, especially in the third set, we're, we're counting a lot. Yeah, of course. First of all, it's indoor hard courts. So the serve counts for everybody and Pierre Rugge is an amazing server, one of the best on the tour for me. Also covering up the net after the serve. So, I mean, you have to fight for every point. Uh, you know that uh, the, the least chances you can get, uh, the more you have to be focused on them. And I felt like I did this quite good today. Your 10th title. Uh, and uh, on Monday, you will celebrate uh, number, number two in the world. It's, this is something special, no? Yeah, I guess I can start, you know, <laughs> because uh, during the tournament, I didn't want to think about it too much because uh, the most important part was the tournament. And, you know, I actually had the chance uh, in Rotterdam to become number two if I made the final. So I was kind of disappointed that uh, I'm going to become number two without making a good result. But then I had the chance here in Marseille, so even if I don't become uh, number two with the points from Marseille, I feel like uh, I deserve a little bit. <laughs> you, you, you've been uh, raised on, in tennis on, on the Côte d'Azur, also you know the place, uh, winning here in Marseille, something special I imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, really happy because uh, before it didn't work that well, especially last year I came uh, the first seed, uh, lost quite easy, didn't play that good, uh, so it was a disappointing uh, moment for me. Always come here by car, uh, first time already, so easy, just a two-hour drive and I'm in the tournament. Uh, it's always nice to have some tournaments like this almost at home. And yeah, I'm really happy, that's a special feeling, my second title in France, and yeah, really happy. Last, last uh, thing, a message to all the fans who want to be here in this room. Uh, well, first of all, I uh, hope you enjoyed this final, guys, on the TV, because uh, for sure we couldn't have supporters here on the court, but... Uh, I feel like it was a high-quality tennis match and uh, we tried to do our best to entertain uh, people uh, on Sunday afternoon. So hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, we enjoyed it. Uh, they had the, uh, the, the, the fake crowd uh, in there in uh, Marseille. So the players had to generate their own uh, atmosphere. It's going beautifully, isn't it? A little uh, blip in Rotterdam last week, but he's 14-2. and two. He's the world number two and there are plenty of good things to come. No doubt for Daniel Medvedev. And as we heard in the little... A package of highlights at the start of the show. And we saw Diego Schwartzman win on home soil last week for the first time in Argentina. Well, Christian Garin, who we didn't see here, missed the Australian summer of tennis with injury, came into this tournament having not won a match for 2021. He's a, a class act. He had to work overtime, let me tell you, today against Facundo Bagnus of Argentina and his first ever ATP final at the age of 31. He was pretty distressed afterwards, to be totally honest, because that was maybe his one and only opportunity he'll get. Some players have to wait a long time just to get into an ATP final. But Garen pulled out all stops to win in three. The first Chilean to win at home in 12 years since uh, Fernando Gonzalez. And uh, he battled the coronavirus as well, uh, Garen, and missed uh, with injury uh, out here in Australia. But a terrific win. He was uh, pretty emotional. Let's have a listen to the Chilean who uh, steps back up to world number 20. Does this win have a different feeling than the rest of them? Yeah, of course. It's so special for me to win in my country. I was looking for, for this tournament since I was a kid. I came as a kid to watch the matches of Fernando, Nicolás, even Marcelo. So it's an honor to me to be champion at home. So it was a very, very tough match. So 
I can't believe that I won. <laughs> Tough match indeed. You played the entire tournament without dropping a set. Today yeah. was a different match. Yeah, very. Of course, it's the finals. <laughs> Do you think that by having won four other tournaments, your experience helps you on these situations? Yes, of course. I, this is my sixth final, so of course I, I have a, a bit of experience of in the important moments, but to, today I was very, very tight in the important moments. I, I miss a lot in the second set. Uh, there was a bad call uh, that in a break point, so that I I was a little bit uh, disappointed of that call. But but anyways, I won the th the third set. It was so tough, so I can't believe that I won. Honestly, there he is, Christian Garin. Would have loved a raucous uh, Chilean crowd there in uh, in full voice, but not to be the coronavirus times that we're in. Just one name I want to mention out of that tournament to keep an eye on, Holger Vitus Noskov Run. What a name. From Denmark. She's producing a few good players, Denmark. Clara Towson on the girls' side. Won the Australian Open a couple of years ago on the juniors, inside the top 100. Well, this young guy we've been tracking from the juniors. Second highest ranked 17-year-old behind the Spaniard, Carlos Elcares, who we know is already up to 132 in the world, and he's coming in a big way. But look out for this young man. He beat uh, Benoit Pair. Someone had to silence uh, Benoit this week. Thank God. No racket smashing from uh, Benoit uh, this week. So that's Christian uh, Garin. Andreas Seppi, still going, 37. Andreas just became a dad. How about the amount of dads uh, this week? Andy Murray's had his fourth child to Kim. So five-year-old Sophia, three-year-old Eddie, one-year-old Teddy, and a new addition to the Murray clan, Alexander Zverev, who has also become a father with his ex-girlfriend Brenda. He wasn't there, though. He was in Acapulco. Uh, preparing where he's going to play uh, this week. But nice win for Andreas Seppi. James Duckworth was the top seed. Disappointing for Ducks, I reckon. It's like National Lampoon's vacation at the moment. He's gone from uh, New Sultan to Biella in Italy. Now he's in Cleveland, Ohio. That is covering a fair bit of ground on the uh, professional tour. So uh, Ducks, not a great couple of weeks uh, for him. And that wraps up the men's side. I reckon we'll squeeze in a break. We'll come back. We'll start to uh, dissect the women's side. And Matt Ebden who played uh, in that Marseille uh, tournament, made the semis against uh, Daniel Medvedev. He's going to join us live from Dubai. You're listening to the first serve. Thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It is one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues, just 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport, 16 ITF-sized courts, accommodation available. It's a mini Melbourne park. It's a great setup. Go and see Tim and the guys. Ideal for the travelling coaching groups and families. Check out humetennis.com.au. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back. Uh, great to talk the world of tennis uh, every uh, Monday night. Keep an eye on our website as well, thefirstserve.com.au. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, covering the tour right throughout the week on both the men's and the women's side at all levels of the game. And there are Aussies everywhere at the moment. And we're going to speak to one right now. He's having a great run of form. We really enjoyed his company during the Australian Open in uh, live commentary with us. He's taken off, headed to all parts of the globe, and he's winning matches Great effort to make the uh, semi-finals in Marseille last week, and he's just jetted into Dubai for the next tournament. It all happens very quickly on the professional tour. Matt Ebden, great to have you on the first serve. 
Yeah, thanks, Brett. There's a familiar voice. Good to hear. So, yeah, how are you, mate? Going okay. You've just basically put your feet on the yeah. ground the last few hours. You've had the COVID test and ready to go again. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got here last night, late last night, and then um, you had to get up early and get the COVID test, and now I'm just waiting in the room until the negative test result before we're allowed out in our bubble with everyone. So that's the usual protocol now, week to week, in these uh, bio bubbles, I suppose, with the with the tour. Hey, just tell us how the body is because you had that great run to the semis and then had to uh, pull the pin in that second set against Medvedev. How, how have you come up the last few days? Uh, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. Just, uh, you know, I suppose a mild groin strain or a ductal strain, whatever. Yep. Yeah, it, just, it was terrible timing. I was I was playing well in the first set. It was 4 or 40-15. I was serving when it happened. Mm. I think I served and volleyed maybe and I was running to the net and I felt it just pull. Um, and then, yeah, the next few points, I couldn't really move that well and I ended up getting broken because of it and then got the trainer at 5-4. Five, four, five, four, yeah, I sort of knew I was in trouble. Um, tried to tape it and try a few things, but, yeah, couldn't couldn't really react or explosively move. And um, that's what I needed, uh, as well as everything to beat Danny, which was you know going pretty well according to plan in that first set. Um, I had, had, obviously, a good game and playing well enough to yep. beat him I, I thought so it would have been nice obviously he's number two in the world now um, but wasn't to be so just bad timing but yeah obviously just a, a big load of matches on the you know the sticky indoor courts and yeah just jagged and uh, a little bit of a pull you, you were looking forward to that matchup I mean I remember in commentary I mean Daniil obviously was having a you know a great run to the final against Djokovic and you talked about you know the friendship you've got with him and you really sung his praises I imagine you you would have been really excited to play uh, that match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we were in the hotel and the locker room all together all week, um, chatting and joking and and whatnot. And then it was good to then get to play each other. So we were, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, we're pretty friendly off the court and chat a lot. So um, that was good. And yeah, he, I mean, even at the net when I had to stop, he said to me, he said, "Oh, geez, I'm pretty lucky that like you were playing better than me." <laughs> um, like maybe would you know would have won or something so yeah, yeah. In, in that first set but um, so anyway he's candid I said yeah you know all good mate like well done and too good and I obviously pulled an injury he held up I said I oh, will battle again next time and um, so you know we're looking forward to that but yeah it's pretty good uh, camaraderie and then he did well to win the final and, and get another title so I'm disappointed that that's not me obviously but um, yeah I mean it's, it's obviously a difference coming back because you have to play qualities and a lot of matches mm. whereas you know he starts with a bye and that's only his third match and I've had already six or seven matches or something yeah so anyway that's that's what I had to do these first couple of months get a ton of matches and, and put my ranking up so that's uh that's life you're you're hitting the all very well I mean I watched a few of your matches and you didn't have it all your own way you've had to you know fight through a little bit of adversity as well, I mean, just tell us how how you're feeling out there because you've you've been inside the top fifty, so you know the level that's required, and you obviously seem. I noticed this when you work with us across January. You seem very determined and focused to get back out on tour. You were looking pretty fit. Uh, I mean, 33 now. You know, it's not that not that old in uh, in professional tennis when so many are playing out late into their uh, 30s. But you obviously you look like you're on yeah. a real man on a mission. And since you've left Australia, you've been on a a great mission with hopefully plenty more to come. Yeah, I guess guess I have. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I've always confident with my level. You know, yeah, being in the top forty only in the last couple of years. So um, my best 
results or even years or rankings that have even come just really recently. So I still feel like I'm the same player and I've got probably more to offer or more to come from there because I was able to spend nine months last year working on some things in my game to really improve, which um, which were important for me to not only be top 40, but if I could then push to the you know, the top 30, the top 20, the top 10, which would be ultimate. But um, in, in, you know, in saying that, I've obviously beaten a lot of top 10 players, had some big results, beaten, you know, I mean, I beat the guy who won the US Open last year, you know, just over a year ago or whatever. So um, I'm not surprised or, or I suppose anything of that by my level, but it's just yep. good to see, you know, all that work and, and you know, little improvements um, that I made even last year um, paying off persistently, you know, in big moments, in big matches, even across doubles, singles, everything this last two or three months. Um, that's really, yeah, gives me even more confidence probably than I had even before when I was top 40. And I've, yeah, I feel like I've definitely improved myself as a player since then as well. So I'm probably a better player than I was um, when I was top 40, but obviously the ranking takes a while for that to show. So, you know, that can take six months and 12 months of playing for that to play out. But I think we're obviously seeing it already level-wise and, you know, yeah. computer-generated numbers. I mean, they are what they are, that's fine. But, um, you know, pretty, yeah, obviously can can tell where my level's at. Yep, no doubt about that. We're talking to Matt Ebden. He's in a nice vein of form at the moment, uh, the Australian, who's uh, back in on tour post, of course, at the Australian Open, having been to Singapore, to Russia, to France, now in uh, Dubai over the last uh, month. What have you noticed just about the tour uh, Matt, since it left Australia, we know we had our own issues here, having to quarantine longer and all the protocols around the Australian Open. Uh, Marseille, no fans. You're going to go to the Middle East where some fans are allowed to come, which is uh, terrific. But what, what have you observed just about the resumption of the tour post-Australia? Yeah, I think they had a few fans last week in Doha, but I'm told here in Dubai there's no fans, actually. It's just a bio-bubble. It's, it's the players and tournament only, so... Yeah, more or less the same last week. I mean, you have a few people watching, you know, people that inside the bubble, like officials and players or players, coaches and guests. So you have a few people out there sort of watching and around, but no uh, spectators or fans as such. And, yeah, it's it's kind of eye-opening, I suppose, the last more months because I've been playing, you know, since I left Australia. Um, but obviously I was used to that a bit with playing... I suppose in Doha at the beginning of the year and then even through Melbourne there was those periods when there weren't really many fans allowed or any fans allowed even in Aussie Open. So, yeah, it was a little bit the new normal, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not that bad, but it's not that great, I suppose. Um, mm. I've kind of been too busy to think about. <laughs> yeah. I've had singles and doubles almost every day since I left Melbourne yep. uh, about a month ago, so kind of been too busy just playing and doing everything to, to think too much about it. But, yeah, I mean, I got to Dubai and they told me even that six out of the nine million population have already been vaccinated, so that's 60% of their population already vaccinated. Mm, so mm. they're opening here. The airport's busy, people coming in, you know, it's busy here. Europe's, um, you know, slowly getting better and, you know, there's still a lot of people travelling in all the airports and that. So yep. I know Australia's stuck in a bit of a you know, a bubble and everyone's pretty worried and scaremongered there, but I suppose out here in the big wide world, it's, um, yeah, it's a lot different and, you know, I suppose Europe and the rest of the world are on track to really open up in the next few months, but Australia's obviously got the problems with the quarantine and the hard border internationally until everyone vaccinates, I guess. 
Mate, great to catch up with you. We wanted to touch base, so we've been obviously following your journey very closely. You've been playing some uh, terrific tennis. You got uh, Bautista a good in the first round, so both of you having a, a bye first up, and that's a pretty good field, obviously, with uh, Dubai team and Rublev, Shapovalov, uh, Goffarm, uh, and uh, we wish you all the best. Hopefully that groin holds up pretty well and look forward to seeing you play some more great tennis. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, super strong draw here. Yeah, so that's, I mean, for people who probably don't understand yet, so it's a performance buy from last week and a special exemption. So, yep. um, yeah, Batista first up, tough tough one. So, yeah, I've just got to hope I'm fit and healthy first of all. So when I get out, I'll have some physio and maybe a light hit later or tomorrow before my match and just test it and see if I can um, can play and, you know, maybe have a go and see how that will hold up, see if I'm match ready yet. But um, obviously hoping to be and hoping that that's, all fine. Um, if I have to wait another week, so be it. But yeah, hoping obviously to be fit and healthy and, and ready to start again tomorrow. We wish you all the best, Matt. Great to chat to you as always. Look forward to doing it throughout uh, 2021. Great. Thank you, mate. All the best. Matt Ebden joining us live in Dubai. He's only touched down in the last, uh, what, couple of hours and he'll be ready to go again after that uh, performance uh, by in the first round. Uh, Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. You can go shopping tonight while you're listening to us. Great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just go to their website, tennisdirect.com.au. Get that 10% discount if you use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. Plenty more to come. The first serve, your home of tennis. First serve tennis sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve, covering the world of tennis every Monday night on SCN. If you do miss the show, we are always podcasting our show. You can check out the SCN app, our website, thefirstserve.com. .au and follow us on our socials uh, right throughout the week. We need to touch on the two women's events that have taken place in the last seven days. Gabinia Muguruza, eighth career title, and uh, she won, of course, in uh, Dubai. And uh, first title since, what, 2019. She'd lost a few finals of recent time, was runner-up in uh, Doha uh, last week, a tour-leading 18th match win for Gabinia. So uh, kept the unforced errors under control. She can start to spray them when... Things aren't going too well, but the 31 winners, 31 unforced errors. Uh, took on uh, Barbora Krichikova, who's been the world number one doubles player. Uh, first time she'd made a WTA singles final, but let's have a listen to Gabinia Muguruza. Great achievements. You know, I've, come in, I've been coming here for many years in a row, and I felt like I was close, but um, not enough. And today, you know, finally I got the champion trophy and, you know, very, very happy after losing a few finals in a row to get this one. You've also been to three finals already in 2021. You've talked about knowing that you would get one of them. This is the week that it's actually happened for you, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it paid off this week. You know, the other weeks I was close, but today, you know, fought, fought harder. I don't know. And, uh, you know, very happy about it. How hard is that kind of consistency to get? And how pleased are you that you are now doing that at the start of a new season? Very happy. I feel like the consistency is so hard to get and, you know, being able to play three finals is a great sign that, that we are on the right way. And back-to-back finals as well from Doha last week, Dubai this week. That's a certain mentality, isn't it, to be able to do that? I mean, it was very challenging. I feel like more than 
people think um, with so many things that happened you know in this Middle East swing but you know we stood strong and very proud of my whole team. It's been a very difficult week as well. Really tough opponents. You've had uh, Bob Aura, obviously, in the final tonight, and then Sviontek, Sabalenka, Mertens. Can you just explain how tough it is to get past those kind of top players? Very tough. I feel like, you know, if you want to get the, the trophy, you got to win everybody on the way. And, you know, today was a very tough match, um, but, but all of them were. I know that your, one of your coaches, Conchita Martinez, has been watching via a telephone in order to see live live rather than television live pictures. Play, I know players are quite superstitious. Is that something now that you've won a title, you need to carry on doing that? I'm zero superstitious. <laughs> I believe zero in luck. I, that's so not, so not me, but you know, I want to dedicate this, this tournament especially to, to Audrey, my physio. Man, she worked so hard these two weeks. Um, to do everything, the coaching, the physio, the fitness training, everything, and very proud of her work. And also to, to Conchi, my, my coach, that she got the virus and she was so you know upset she couldn't come, but the, this one is for her. And physically, you have talked about being much stronger, which you just talked about. That's a part of your entire team helping you, isn't it? Yes, uh, I feel like you know improving physically helped me to to resist round after round, and um, I feel that's a key of of these few matches to be able to to handle them physically and come back the next day and still give a good level. Uh, very nice work, Gabin Yamugarutha, two-time Grand Slam champion. Surely there's got to be another one inside uh, Gabin. She's a big uh, game player. She can go off the boil at times, but uh, gee, when she's on, uh, it's a good game to watch. And a quick word. And you might learn a new language here. Sara Soribes Tormo, the fourth seed. I actually can't watch her serve. <laughs> Did she play Gavril over at the Australian Open? I think in that first round out of Margaret Court. It's the most unorthodox serve. But she won her first WTA final in Mexico. Uh, so there's a little bit of Spanish and a little bit of English in uh, Sara. Today, in the middle of the pandemic, you were able to play in front of your most supportive Mexican crowd and your mom. How do you feel about it? No, de verdad, es que no tengo palabras, no sé, no sé qué más deciros, estoy muy, muy feliz. Tengo la piel de gallina todo el rato y nada, soy muy feliz. Quería dar las, las gracias también a mi equipo que está en España, Silvia, Paco, José, a mi, a mi padre, a mi hermano, a, a mi novio. De verdad, muchísimas gracias por estar siempre conmigo y nada, eh, espero que nos veamos el año que viene. Incredible, I just can't put words into it. It's just been amazing. I just would like to thank my boyfriend, my family, and everyone supporting me, especially the Mexican crowd who has been incredible during this week. Uh, there you go. Uh, just roll the R's beautifully. Uh, Rafael Nadal uh, style. Well done to Sara Soribas Tormo. Well done to Astra Sharma making the quarters. She's capable, Astra. There's no doubt about that. Her and Ellen Perez teaming up to win the double. So well done to them. It was a great performance. I think there's another level that Astra Sharma can go to. Of our young Australian women, I think there's some real upside to Astra. If she can just crank her game up another notch, I'd like to see her maybe be a little bit more aggressive. She's at 128. We've got a few of our female players in that sort of area at the moment that is uh, tough to uh, certainly tough to get out of. And a quick word before we break to Sion Mendes, who I haven't really followed a lot of her journey. Now, she's up in the 280s now. I think she spends more of her time overseas than uh, here in Australia. She won the um, ITF 15K event in France overnight. She beat the top seed, so she was the second seed. But if you watch her ranking in the last three or four years, it's been coming down uh, nice gradual uh, 
um, improvement. She's 21. We are going to try and see if we can get hold of her over the next uh, couple of weeks because we haven't spoken to her on this program before and and followed a lot of her journey. So we'll try and um, just fill a, a few of the gaps. We're going to take a break. Andrew Hill we're going to hear from, thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Andrew Hill coming up next. First serve tennis sunscreen, a quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists, providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. For our last segment, I want to introduce you to Andrew Hill, who's going to tell you tonight about Between the White Lines Tennis Summit Australasia, focusing on influences of our great sport of tennis. So my catch-up with Andrew Hill earlier today. The idea came from a gentleman called Mark Jeffries over in England, and he had an idea to share a whole lot of tennis initiatives right around the world. So I was invited back in September to answer questions, uh, what happens in Australia? After I saw all this great energy, I said, so what's your next step? Anyway, he just mentioned he's still working on it. He said, look, if you want, I'll put my hand up and I'll run an Australian version of Between the White Lines. When you think of Between the White Lines as to do with tennis courts but I said the white lines could be a athletics track and you're passing me the baton so the baton's been passed to me and I started to look for influences in Australia uh, one of which you are and trying to get positive stories out to our tennis coaches and put it all onto a website made it easy for tennis players tennis coaches to access great knowledge do you feel like there's a gap if you like where this fulfills a gap that currently exists in Australian tennis? Yes, I've been in Australian tennis for 40 years as a professional coach and I've been with Tennis Australia, I've been with Tennis Coaches Australia, I've been with ATPCA and currently with AATC, which is education arms of coaching. Uh, What I found is communication was stifled for a long time and then I saw an answer to that with COVID when it hit and Zoom channels started to link coaches from the country to different countries and it was it was great we were starting to talk and we're like mates in Australia and we're helping each other with good ideas so I I saw that as an opportunity to say all right well let's uh, get the ideas out of your head and let's share it with other people and inspire them so tell us about the last uh, few days because it has been held who's been involved what are some of the things that are sort of kicking around what's been topical Andrew this is a really good question and the idea was influencers and innovators so we were trying to get some new blood new ideas into tennis Uh, Mark Jeffries had a concept from the original one called building tennis postcode by postcode instead of thinking on districts or states we were trying to break it right down and how we can help the local coach with the local people and then create a structure that interconnects everyone to help them. I put that one out there as, are you an influencer or innovator? And had some requests and found some people who sometimes unsung heroes. They're just doing a great job keeping everything going. There were Facebook links. There were Ryan Henrihan's been doing a few things on Facebook. There's been Angie on the tennis community. So all these people had nearly spectators, even just through their phone. And the idea was they were sharing positive ideas. So when I put this thing together, then people from around the world said, we'd like to be involved. Probably the key thing about the Australasian one is a lot of our Australians are overseas and they're helping other countries. So what I did is I got them to link in from like Singapore. Frank Brunsma is in Singapore. I've got people from all different countries who have been 
like a, a guru in that country. So I said, look, let's share some of your good ideas back here in Australia. If I was to ask you where you think tennis is at currently, I mean, obviously, as we, we go through the decades, sport is competitive for eyeballs to get people to participate. And then obviously, we, we'd love those participants to be able to reach great heights within the Australian tennis system. We're in a sport now that globally is it's phenomenal and, and it's tougher for the Australians to make that breakthrough. So I suppose there's two areas, isn't there? There's just enjoying tennis as a sport and then hopefully there's a good enough pathway that can see enough Australians who have that desire to go higher be able to achieve that within the system here. What do you think are the major obstacles, if you like, or the the major challenges within tennis to to make sure as a sport it absolutely fulfills its potential in this country? This is a really good question. This is right to the heart of where it starts. Uh, a long time ago, I was in Tennis New South Wales. I would write programs called the Ace Program or Ace Tennis and Smash. And the idea was for coaches to link in with local schools. And the whole premise was let's create a wider base. And the more people who are in the base of tennis, recreational, everyone benefits. Tennis balls, tennis rackets, everyone's playing local courts. The idea is there's a pathway as they go through they go through their coach they go through their district until they get into the top spots now i I was the head coach out at sydney international tennis it was a privilege to be part of the leighton hewitt tennis academy when he turned number one in front of 200 students in sydney now i'll I'll probably never see that again so here's a young guy who's hitting with the kids in the day and in the night They've got shirts with Hewitt, you can do it. And we watched him turn number one in Sydney. So that's the inspiration. All these uh, top players, they all had something in common. They're all at school. So we're trying to really get that wide base so that more people can try the sport. Through AATC, I've been writing some programs called Court Sports, the idea to attract more people to your centre and then have access to more people to follow a tennis pathway. The structural change, I have seen that block a little bit, uh, communication blocks. I've seen pathway blocks. So someone's going quite well and then they get diverted or get injured. So there has to be something that makes sure that it's a, a nice clear track all the way through. I think you are aware that on our show last year, certainly when once COVID hit, we focused a lot more on the domestic scene and what is happening with uh, tennis here in Australia. And it's amazing how much you learn about your audience out there who are listeners to the first serve, who this is their real passion. And they're involved at grassroots level, at that pathway level. And there's been certainly some disenchantment with Tennis Australia along the journey uh, and and try to get everything aligned and it seems like a lot of those on the outside think that the current model isn't perhaps working to number one have people participating in the sport and having a good enough pathway to be able to see those with potential be able to go on and really really shine so it's a it's an interesting time because obviously with COVID the Australian Open's taken a, a significant hit financially a lot of that funding goes supposedly go down and filter down to the grassroots of the sport. How do you sort of see the situation in that regard long term? In structure, there was a structure which was a grassroots up structure. People used to pay their membership to their local district. Some of that money went to date, some of that money went to Tennis Australia. Probably around the 2005 time, a few changes happened and there was a restructure, actually a redirection of finances. So all the finances went through the top and then they were filtered all the way down. Sometimes local districts or local clubs didn't have any money to negotiate with local councils on just a court. And that's really important that if, if that's in place, kids will just keep playing in the country, in the city, 
But that's where it, that's our playground. So if we have access to those, and then they have to look good. These courts, like my my court spotless. When you come past the courts, you're there thinking, I want to have a game there. That looks fun in that center center. Whereas sometimes I go past the tennis center and there's weeds and rusted fences. There's things that we can do as professional coaches to make it more welcoming to the community. There he is. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Hill will uh, bring you that full uh, interview, of course, as part of our uh, podcast. That's a really interesting topic. We'll follow it up between the White Lions Summit. What a big week. Uh, Dubai, a lot of Australians. O'Connell, Demonor, Popperin, Millman, Ebden, uh, Thompson will uh, all be competing. Unfortunately, Thanasi Kokonagas didn't qualify for Acapulco. Arena Rodionovas in St. Petersburg this week. Uh, Biella indoors in Italy. Bernard Tomic's back. Akira Sandaland's got to get through the final round of qualifying. And Alexander Vukic is in that tournament as well. So there are Aussies all over the globe. Follow it through us, thefirstserve.com.au, and also our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll do it all again live next Monday night at 8 o'clock. In the meantime, just follow us, and we'll bring you all the Aussies. Hopefully some good success this week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91